We're going to start a new sermon series this morning, and it's going to be talking about how God meets us in the difficult times, in the wilderness, in the struggles in life. And um, I don't know about you, but over the past few years, things have been difficult for many people. Mental health is at an all-time struggle here, high. Um, People are just having trouble processing uh, all sorts of things, and I believe that you know, prior to all the lockdowns and all that stuff that was happening with the pandemic, that I believe that there was people, they, they were right on this verge of, of the bubble. And I believe that once the, everything kind of got in place and people couldn't see friends and family and it was just all that, I believe something popped and people are struggling and it's a real thing. And whether it's because of that or other reasons, we want to make sure that we're there for people. Uh, that are struggling, and if you are struggling, you want to make sure that you get assistance and help and support uh, for people because it's not good to do that on your own and just struggle with mental health issues. And that can be anything from clinical depression to just being sad. There's all sorts of stuff. So uh, there's a big gamut there. Get help, get checked out, get talk, talk to somebody. Uh, counseling used to be a big faux pas. If you went to counseling, it was, a, it was a, you know, in, in the guy's world, men didn't go to counseling. Well, men don't cry. Well, we do go to counseling and we sometimes cry, even at the weirdest things. So that's been happening uh, more and more. McDonald's commercials, things like that. It's kind of weird. Like, it's not about that I can't eat the food. It's not that. It's, uh, it's more about the, the drama that they give you while a father and daughter are eating a Big Mac. And it's just, you just kind of, it's so sad. Anyways, or if you see puppies or goats, I'm losing it. I'm losing it, people. Puppies and goats. Who doesn't love a puppy and a goat? And I'll say kittens. I won't go as far to say cats, but I'll say kittens. I'm just kidding. Relax. <laughs> But we all are going through a lot of different things. There's a lot going on, a lot to process. There's wars and rumors of wars. And and sometimes we can feel alone like we're in the wilderness. And whether we've put ourselves there on purpose or not, um, it's a lonely place to be. And Hagar and Moses and David and the people of Israel, John and Jesus all spent time in the wilderness. Uh, their experiences and their encounters with God in the wilderness, they teach us how to trust God when things don't go the way we thought or when life gets difficult. And so we serve a God that hears us. We serve a God that hears our cries for help and provides our needs in that time of struggles, even though it feels like he's not. I don't know if you've ever been there, but when you've been struggling and going through a difficult time and you feel like God's not speaking to you, he's not there He is. It's just, you know what, it's your time to maybe wait, or maybe we need to listen, maybe we need to take time, maybe there's just something we need to do, or maybe there's nothing we can do at all, but we got to go through it, and it's important, and when you come out the other side, you will be stronger, I promise you. No matter what you go through, no matter what difficulties you have, you will be stronger, you'll be wiser, you'll have learned something, but going through it, not so fun. So today we're looking at Genesis chapter 16, and I was going to read the scripture to you, but I'm just going to basically tell you the story. So Sarah was Abraham's uh, wife and could not have a child. And because of their impatience, I'll sum this chapter up, because of their impatience, because she was barren, couldn't have a child, um, (laughs) the, the option came to use one of the servants as a mother for Abraham. And so... (laughs) 
Abraham, now this wouldn't fly nowadays, I'm sure, but it's a very unique situation where Abraham's like, you know what, you do what you need to do and, you know, do with her as you will, like, whatever, we'll do it. And, and so he ends up getting this girl pregnant and she has a child and then there's some jealousy and there's a bunch of stuff and all this stuff happening in the family, a lot of weird dynamics. How many have weird family dynamics? Right? If you add in a mistress, that might do it for you, I think. And so, especially pregnant mistress. So, complicated, very complicated. And I know that families are, uh, can be dysfunctional and have all sorts of problems, but this was a doozy. So, she runs away, this, this um, servant, because uh, she feels like she's being mistreated. There's just a lot going on in there. So, she runs away. And as she's out in the wilderness, I, I want to read this to you. She, an angel of the Lord appears to Hagar and says, you know, um, where have you come from and where are you going? <laughs> so the God of the universe, omnipresent, all-knowing, sees this young lady pregnant in the desert and says to her, you know, and, and uses his angel to say, where are you going? Don't you find that very interesting? He knows. He knows what she's doing, and he knows where she is. And she says, I'm running away from my mistress, Sarah. Then the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress, submit to her. And the angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. And so she goes back. And we're going to stop at that point. Now, that's a tough situation to be in. Um, God met her. Hagar, in the wilderness and demonstrated his love, his concern, and his care for her. And like her, we must trust God and know that he sees and knows our needs when we go through these difficult seasons in our lives. She had such a rough go, she ran away. And her experience of God's compassionate care in the, in the wilderness and the angel visiting her, um, it, it, it dignifies her dignifies her in her situation. She ran away because she was being mistreated, alone and pregnant. She's resting at a spring, and the angel of the Lord spoke to her. God sent comfort and a promise to provide for her and her unborn son. It's through Jesus, God sent and comforts and provides for us in all our needs, even when we don't feel he is. And I don't know about you, but finding water in the desert is one of the very first things you probably should do. If you're wandering around in the desert and you, you're struggling, um, we can't last very long without water, and she finds it. We can only last about three days without water. And if you, if you need to find water, you should look for all sorts of different uh, ways to do it. I'm, I'm not an outdoorsy guy. I would probably die in the, in the wilderness um, if uh, I was out there because I'd be like, where's the nearest hotel? I don't understand. What's going on here? Um, but you look for damp. So I've heard from my camper, hunter, gatherer friends, you look for damp ground, you look for insects, animals, or vegetation, and those can be signs that there's water somewhere around, and she finds this. She she also, in this story, um, there's a couple of details that kind of stand out. She gives God a name. And also, 
names the well where God met her. And so she, she says this. She said, you are the God. In verse 13, if we go just a little bit further, she says, you are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. That's pretty cool. I have now seen the one who sees me. One commentator talks about how she not only proclaims the reality of her encounter with God, the one, the living one who sees me, but she does something even more extraordinary. She names the well after him. She knows where her power comes from. She knows that it comes from God and from God alone. And she needs to grab on to that. He does provide. He provided a well. And he's providing her strength and a promise. It's neat that she says, the one who sees me. Have you ever felt like God doesn't see you? Like you're unseen? I don't know if you've ever been in a group of people and you just feel unseen. Spiritually, we can feel unseen by God. But I want to tell you today that even in your most difficult circumstances, no matter what it is, we can trust that he hears us and he sees us and he cares for us. When we cry out to him and when we don't cry out to him because we don't know what to say. He knows your heart. And he has compassion and he has love for you. I want to encourage you today with just a few things. A few things that I think you can take home today and, and uh, think about. I want you to know that when you are in the wilderness, when you are feeling and struggling with all sorts of stuff. You feel alone. You don't feel God sees you, anyone sees you. I want you to know that God does see you, and God comes after you when you stray. When you're in that difficult time and you don't know if you can trust anyone, God, whoever. Do you have loved ones that have gone astray, that you feel have kind of gone down a different path, and, and you pray for them and you worry about them? He's chasing them. It's hard, it's hard to grasp that because you, you are powerless. But I want to tell you this morning, don't believe the lie. God has not forgotten you, and God has not forgotten those you love and those that have served him. He hasn't forgotten anyone. He comes after you. He chases after you. When you feel like God doesn't see you, remember but Hagar says, the one who sees me. What can you do for those loved ones that you feel have gone astray or are struggling or are having a difficult time? You love them and you pray. But don't give up. You need to treat it like a battle. You need to treat it like their lives are on the line because they are. Their lives are on the line. Their spiritual lives are on the line. Don't give up. And I'll tell you today, there's been too many times that I've heard people say they don't know what to do with their loved one, they're just giving up, and, and you know what? It happens. You can't. You can't give up. You continue to pray. You continue to go before God and know that God is watching them. He's chasing after them. 
I know it's tough, I know it's difficult, but don't give up. Don't believe the lie that God doesn't care about your loved ones, that he doesn't answer prayer, because he does. It's just not always the way we like it. It's not always, it doesn't always look the way we want it to be. It'd be really nice if you could just grab a genie in a bottle or take this, this Bible and just go, okay, one, two, three, and he appears. And he gets up and he sings you a song and somehow he sounds like Robin Williams. And I can't do that voice, so I won't even attempt it. If I did an accent, it would probably be horrible and offend somebody. I can't do it. But he does a great job. And he comes up and grants you your three wishes. That would be really great. But guess what? That's not how it works. That's not how God works. He doesn't grant wishes. We don't demand him to do things. We don't say, well, God, do it because you said if I pray, it's going to happen. He said, pray, and then he'll deal with it. And it's never like how we think. Growing up as a kid, I prayed many, many a times for God to do certain things. And it didn't go that way. It was better. It was better. Was it difficult? Of course it was. But he came after me when I struggled. When I stepped away, he came after me. And I realized what was going on. And it will happen whether it's to you or your loved ones, it will happen, whatever that looks like. We don't know the heart. Do you know that there are so many struggles that an individual has that even you have that we don't know the hearts of people? They may be on the outside saying all sorts of things that are offensive and hurtful, but on the inside, that's not them. They're putting up walls. And in counseling, they call it barriers and walls, and they, and they protect themselves. Because they don't want to be hurt. They don't want to be hurt again. Because somewhere, somehow, they've been hurt by people, and so they put up a wall. So don't believe the outward appearances of what others do. Know that God is chasing after them. If you see people like God is chasing them and wanting them, you'll see them differently. You'll see them differently. So I want to challenge you. Understand that God comes after you And God's coming after your loved ones and your friends and people that you know that you're praying for. So that's the first thing. Secondly, God asks the right questions. Have you ever said to God, can you just give me the words to say to this person? And sometimes he will. And other times he doesn't give you the words, but then you say something anyways. Did you ever think that maybe God was saying, don't say anything right now, you're gonna screw this up? We don't think that, do we? Because why would God tell me to stop talking? Do you know who I am? I can input in their lives amazingly. Sometimes, why don't we let God ask the right questions and we step back? The angel of the Lord found Hagar by spring in the wilderness. Where have you come from and where are you going? And you know what she does? She answers the angel of the Lord. (laughs) It's kind of, now, if God came to me and said, where are you going? I'm like, don't you know? I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't have. Maybe I'd be in the same situation because I'd be so stressed out. There'd be so much going on. But he asks the right question because she needs to know. What am I doing? Why am I where I am? Where am I going? He asks the right questions. Do you ever notice that Jesus does that too? 
I mean, you can look them up. There's tons of scriptures where he asks the right questions of this person, and they just kind of go, ah, that's not the answer I wanted. How about the rich man? He says, go, give away all your belongings, all your money, give it all away, and then you will inherit the kingdom of God. And he's like, oh, that's not fun. I don't want to do that. Because Jesus knew that's the right question. Other people, he didn't say that. But to that person, he did. God knows the right questions to ask. And sometimes we can be used. And other times, if there isn't a question and God isn't using you, just be there. There's something about the presence of you being there. Just being there. When it comes to dealing with others, with loved ones, whatever. Just being there. At any time. Available. Sometimes not saying anything. Just being a great example. We all have our opinions. We all feel a certain way. And a lot of that has to do with how we were raised and brought up. Okay? But that doesn't necessarily mean that's going to work on someone else. And so my preferences on how behavior should be or how somebody should do or what they should do or how they should act isn't necessarily correct in general, but also for that person. So what do we do? We just love them, and we're there for them, and we're available when they need us. And you're like, well, they just use me. Well, so, I mean, don't, don't like, be abused, but if someone is using you to try to get better or whatever, then be there for them. Again, we have to be careful. There's abuse, right? Let's not confuse the two. There's abuse and taken advantage of, and then there's helping somebody. And there's boundaries that we need to put up for safety and for their protection and your protection. But at the same time, you can be there for them and set those boundaries. A lot of times we don't set boundaries with people because, well, God said I got to love everybody and do whatever, so I guess I just have to do whatever they say. No, no, set the boundaries. Set the boundaries. But pour into people's lives, and when they ask you, be there. And that includes other Christians. What does Scripture say? They'll, they'll know you are my disciples. Jesus says you'll know they're my disciples by how you love one another. Love God first. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you follow those three things, it will change your perspective. Is it difficult? Yeah, it is. Because your personalities don't always get along with other personalities, right? But know that God is going to ask the right questions. And so whatever that looks like, pray that God will ask your loved one, you, the right questions to wrestle with. Thirdly, and this seems simple. All of these seem very simple, but they're not. They're difficult. The third one is, so first we said, that we, we need to know that God is going to come after you. He's going to chase you down. He's going to woo you. He loves you. He wants to. Just like you would. That's why there's so many parables that are like that. We know that he's going to ask the right questions because he's all-knowing, he's all-wise, and all-loving, and gracious, and forgiving. But then we need to put our trust in him. So now I'm looking at it from we're praying for someone else. Put your trust in him. What does that look like? It means 
praying. It means having a relationship with, with him. It means asking God to speak to you, to give you direction. But put your trust in him. All families go through and all relationships go through problems. Sometimes it is your fault. Did you know that? Sometimes it's your fault. Wait a minute. It can't possibly be my fault because I don't do anything wrong, do I? But we think that way. Well, it's not me, it's them. It's always them because I was just fine. All families have trouble. Does it really matter whose fault it was, ever? For our pride, it does matter because we want to be right. But when we look at it from Jesus' perspective, it doesn't matter who's right. It doesn't matter who wronged. Put your big boy pants on and be the first one to change things. Be the first one to change things. But we, we sometimes, sometimes it's other people's fault. doesn't matter. And many times, there's just this mystery problem that no one knows about in the family. Have you been there? There's this thing that happened. No one quite knows what it is, but man, people are mad. Sounds a lot like different people groups in, in the Middle Eastern area. They're, they forget. You know, down south in, in the States, they forget. I'm just mad. I don't know why, but I'm mad, and I don't like these other people. I'm just angry. doesn't make sense, but it carries on. We do that in our own families because of pride, because of ego, because it can't possibly be my fault. But all families go through these issues. But in Genesis 16, we see that not trusting the Lord multiplies our problems. If we don't hand everything over to him, it multiplies the problem. It gets worse. It compounds. How many have ever done a compound calculator and, and figured out compound? It, it, it goes fast, doesn't it? it? It builds quickly. It's the same when it comes to trouble. It's the same when it comes. So, so I have to say this. If compounding trouble gets big and out of control quite quickly, then the other must be true. That if you love one another, that must compound quite quickly and become bigger than you could ever imagine. Correct? If one works, the other has to. It's just the way things go. So why do we try to pick the other negative one? Because it seems to just fit. Let's think about love. Let's think about compounding that. Giving back without expecting Trusting in God and going, God, because you know and because you understand, I'm going to lay it at your feet and you're going to take care of it. I'll continue to pray. Use me in any way you can. Let me know. Let me be aware. Use your spirit. In verses 1 to 6 in this scripture today, there was a big family issue. It was a big problem. And it all started when God's people stopped waiting on God. Waiting isn't fun. Been to the doctors lately? Been in any lineup anywhere? Uh, renew your passport. <laughs> I don't know how it is now, but nobody liked it. 
I was standing doing, getting some blood work done the other day and I made my appointment and I walk and I stand in the lineup and there's so many sick people in that room. And uh, this one guy comes in and uh, he was a rough dude and uh, he walks in and he puts his thing down and the lady goes, do you have an appointment? And he goes, do I need one? Well, clearly he needed a lot of help in a lot of other ways, but he was, he was rough. And she goes, yeah, it's going to be quite a wait. And he goes, why? <laughs> if you look around, <laughs> you can see the place is loaded, loaded full of sick people. And they're having a rough go in there. And then he got mad and he didn't like waiting. How many times do we do that? I, I don't like waiting. I don't like crowds. I don't like all that. If the lineup's big, I'm like, well, we're doing something else, so I'm out of here. I don't like that. But when we wait on God, man, it teaches us something. So I want to challenge you today. Recognize that God is chasing you and your loved ones. Recognize that he's going to ask you the right questions and your loved one the right question. And when we put our trust in him, guess what? It compounds when we continue to put our trust in him. But when we don't, things start to get out of control. I want to challenge you this morning. Put your trust in God and whatever you're doing in your whole entire life. Lay it at his feet. Pray, seek, wait, and don't always be quick to answer. And he will show you what needs to happen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day and thank you for everyone here. Thank you for your example in scriptures that, that you love us and you chase after us and, and care so much about us. Know that, help us to understand that you're doing that with the people we pray for. Let us recognize that. Let us have that perspective. Sometimes we can take our eyes off really what's happening and, and we, we fear with doubt, with ego, whatever it is. So as we leave here today, help us to have a renewed strength in you, a renewed trust in you, a renewed belief in you that you are walking alongside us and you are also chasing after those we love who need you, who need help. Thank you for what you've been doing in our lives and I pray that as we go throughout our week that we will be that light, we will be that example to others that points straight to Jesus, not to us, not to anybody else, but Jesus. In Jesus' name, everyone said. Amen, God bless you. I hope you have a great week. We will see you here next Sunday. Have an awesome time this week. I think it's gonna be good. Everyone you meet in your circle of influence, make a difference out there. Keep praying. Have a good one.